When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis, editor-in-chief of the E2C Network, and we're here to discuss, thankfully, an Auburn men's basketball win, this time over the Vanderbilt Commodores in Memorial Gym in Nashville, Tennessee. The Tigers are victorious in this game, dating back to several days, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes, a historical day for Auburn. But the Tigers do win 64-53 to over Vanderbilt. Their record now stands at 17-8 and on the year and 6-6 and in conference play. We're going to break down all the news, action, and events from this game. And to do that, on this episode, I have a very special guest. He is part one or two, whichever way you want to say it, of the dynamic duo that is Stoppage Time, our Auburn soccer podcast. But he's a fan of basketball as well. Welcome, Drew Hooper. Hey, thank you. I am the better looking of a Stoppage Time guys. And some would say smarter, even though Peter's a doctor. But I'll leave it up to him. Now, Drew, that's not saying much. (laughs) Hey, he's... We're awesome. I mean, Auburn won 64 kicks to Vanderbilt's 53 kicks today. So, I mean, we're, we're going to go soccer all in today. Look, you guys will, any kind of flack that I give you, you are uh, always going to, I'm going to be forever indebted to you for starting the first ever Auburn soccer podcast. So I just do it all out of love and I like to give you guys a hard time. Oh, we're going to give it back tenfold. That's all we really know how to do. We're actually not the the brightest people out there, but we're really good at making jokes. Hey, but you're the only ones that were are willing to do it, so I'm very thankful for that. Uh, but anyway, let's let's move on and talk about some basketball stuff. And before we get into the storylines of this game and discuss our perceptions of it, I want to ask you, what is your perceptions, your opinion of this program so far into this season? Uh, yeah, it, it's been a up and down season. Definitely not the season we were expecting coming in. But I thought the announcers in the game actually did made a good comment about it is the fact that the fan base is a little upset about what's going on right now, where Auburn basketball is. I know we weren't expecting eight losses this way into the or this far into the season, but they made a comment like it's good. The work that Bruce is doing that the fact that these are the expectations now that we're not expecting just to scrape into the tournament, but we're expecting to be a second weekend team is how they put it. Get to that sweet 16 elite eight, make some noise. So not where you want to see the team right now, but I think as far as the program goes overall, I thought that was a very good comment by the commentators today, just talking about how Bruce has elevated the level of this Auburn basketball program. So were you shocked at all with some of the struggles they have had going to the season, or is this something that you kind of anticipated with the whole Austin Wiley having to sit out for part of the year, Daniel having to sit out, Anthony's injury? Are these things you anticipated, or were they a bit of a shock at how much they've struggled of late? I I did not anticipate 
issues with Austin coming back. I thought Austin was going to step in there, kind of be that big guy that we were missing last year. McLemore did a good job kind of filling in uh, in those spots and did a great job with his block shots. And obviously going down the injury was rough and only having Horace Spencer as your real big guy. Uh, but I thought Austin Wiley, we were going to kind of not miss a beat and actually add another weapon to the toolbox. Uh, Purefoy was the one I, I was talking to Peter about, actually, that I thought I was really worried that I thought that was going to throw off the rotation just because he hasn't played in such a long time. It was kind of an, an odd situation. It played out for a very long time. And so he was the one I was worried about. Uh, I don't think that he's the reason for our struggles right now. I, I think there's a lot of factors that go outside of uh, Daniel Daniel Purefoy or anything like that. But I, Wiley, I didn't think we were going to miss a beat. Purefoy, I thought we were going to skip a little bit, but get back on track. So where we're at right now has been an interesting road. Well, here's the thing, and you've already said so. This is actually a good thing if you choose to look at it that way, that our expectations are so high. Auburn basketball spent so long in the bottom not even half, just the very bottom of the SEC. And the fact now that we're upset with a 500 record in the SEC is something that's very interesting for someone who, you know, grew up uh, at the beginning of his life in an era of basketball that was pretty good for Auburn with, you know, Chris Porter's, Kyle Davis's, the Cliff Ellis era. And then during his adolescent and, you know, young adult life, watch the Lebos, watch the Tony Barbies, which was the worst possible era. I think I wasn't around for some of the early days of Auburn basketball, but this, you know, it's hard to kind of swallow it sometimes, but I think I choose personally to look at this as a good thing as opposed to something to get overly upset about because I do think that the potential for this team is here and it can be realized. And quite personally, I don't know how you feel. I'm much I prefer them to get all of this junk out of the way now and not in the postseason. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'd rather see losses right now and figure it out. Uh, I think the only worrying factor is the fact that we've gone a we've had this nice little skid here where we haven't figured things out and we, there hasn't been a game where we've really even shown flashes of the Auburn of old. And so that's, what's worrying to me. It's not the fact that we're taking losses or having tough games. It's the fact that there's not even flashes really anymore of what was happening back in December. Well, here's something I think we both can agree on as we move into more discussion about the uh, game here against Vanderbilt. Let's talk about that monstrosity of a gymnasium that is Memorial Gym. Now, Clint has been on record here several times. We've had several discussions slash arguments about how I believe it's the worst possible gym that's ever been created by man. Who in their right mind decides that you're going to put the benches on the baseline where the coaches can't properly coach their team? You thought Bruce got in trouble before for going over the little line there where they're not supposed to go past? Can you imagine how many times he probably should have gotten in trouble in this game? I hate this gymnasium, and I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, I've actually been to a game there, uh, been in that facility. It, it's really annoying. It, it's not a fun gym to, to w watch games in. Very old, wooden seats, just awful place. I don't like it. I know Clint likes it, but, I mean, Clint likes a lot of weird things. He's a Jaguars fan, too, so, I mean— I mean, Take it a, for what it's worth. He's a Jaguar fan, a uniforms fan. I mean, it would make sense that he would like something as odd as Memorial Gym. 
And he's friends with Chandler. I mean, like <laughs> he makes poor life choices. What hey, can you, we say? you said it, not me. But yeah, I agree that this is a very odd gymnasium. I know the Vanderbilt people are probably fond of it. And, you know, there are probably things that we could have said about our old facilities and things like that. But just to me, it makes no sense to put your benches down there on the end. But hey, what are you dude. talking about? They're fond of it. They don't care. They're all going to be doctors and lawyers and things like <laughs> none of the Vanderbilt students care anything at all about how that gym looks out. Touche. I will give you that right there. Now, here's the significant thing about winning here, not just getting a win in such an awful gymnasium, but there's a little bit of history behind this. The last time Auburn basketball has beaten Vanderbilt on their home court was to the date today of this game, February 16th, 2000. 19 years of struggle, of mediocrity in one arena is over. The Tigers have beaten Vanderbilt for the first time in 19 years. Ten straight losses, to be exact there. That is quite a streak. And what Clinton and I have chronicled a lot of times, is, and it's been part of the joy of covering the Bruce Pearl era, is that so many of these streaks, these um, areas where Auburn has struggled, have finally started to be put to rest and be put to bed. And it feels like there's a new, fresh start for Auburn basketball as frustrating as it's been at times. But again, I am super excited to see a yet another streak put to bed by Auburn. It's something that we don't ever have to hopefully live through again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that that tells you where the program has come from. And I think you, you summed it up pretty well. Bruce Pearl is, has been moving mountains since he's got to Auburn. And I understand being a little upset with how the season's going with the high expectations, but I mean, when you see streaks falling that are 20-year-old streaks of losing to a certain team in a certain place, that should tell you Bruce Pearl is doing great work there on the Plains. It should also tell you how much he, or how little he had to work with coming into this. Uh, so we commend him for all the work he's doing and trying to get these Tigers back to where they need to be again this year. Now let's talk about the opponent here. This is the very bottom of the SEC this year. Vanderbilt, thankfully, has still yet to have an SEC win on the season now they had an okay non-conference uh schedule however when they got an effort sec play they just tanked and have continued to tank and thankfully we were not the ones to give them their first sec win today although it looked a little scary at times you know what is vanderbilt's biggest struggle to you that they makes them not that good I, I really don't know because Vanderbilt actually had a top five recruiting class coming into the season. They they nabbed a couple of the five stars and actually one of the Gatorade players of the year out of South Carolina. So like they're, they should be a good team. Uh, coach Drew is a really good coach. I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I just don't think maybe they have the pieces around some of these players. They may be able to get like one or two top players. I think this has always been Vanderbilt saying, but they can't get the pieces to go around them because if you're a bit player, you're not going to come to Vanderbilt just because of the high standard of grades and things like that. And so if you know you're going to go get playing time somewhere else, you don't want to come to Vanderbilt to get kind of some bench playing time or to be a, a piece around some of these guys. So I, I don't really know how Vanderbilt gets over that hump. I think they're kind of backed into a corner, both in basketball and football, about getting over that, getting to that next level, uh, so to speak. No, I think that makes sense, but I also think it kind of you touched on it a little bit there is you've got a bunch of great talented players there, but you don't have a team. And I think the perfect example that happened in this game, you saw a moment, and I think it was like the last 5 or 6 minutes where 
there's a turnover and the ball's in the middle of the floor amongst three Vanderbilt players. They all look at the ball, look at each other, and instead of grabbing it to take it down the court for an easy score, they leave it there assuming each other's going to get it, and then Auburn picks it back up and keeps possession of the ball. I think that's the perfect example of there is they're not. It's as simple as that. They don't play as a team yet. Now, with that kind of talent there, as you already said, a great recruiting class, it could be scary if they actually put it together because you've seen what Auburn can do. They have the talent and at times they put it together, and the point could be made that they could beat anybody on any given day if everything's going right, which is, let's be honest, has not worked all that well uh, this season many times. Yeah, and Vanderbilt's going to have to turn the page next year because these five stars are already projected to be top 15 lottery picks in the NBA draft. So the odds of them staying in school there at Vanderbilt are pretty slim, especially if they're being projected after not having great seasons to, to be top picks. Uh, I, I think that they're going to really struggle next year as well, especially if they don't have the recruiting class that they need coming in. Well, thankfully, the talent didn't make the difference for Vanderbilt in this game here, and it almost could have made the difference with Auburn struggling yet again on offense. This is the second game in a row where they've scored uh, around 60 or less, and I, I don't know really what the struggle is uh, besides that nobody can hit any threes at this point. Uh, what do you think's going on offensively? Is it a mentality thing, or is it just one of those things we're out of a rhythm? I, I think it's mentality. The the ball gets clogged up with one player each possession. Uh, we we seem to be very we don't have an identity right now, to be honest. And I know threes are kind of our thing, and that's wonderful and all. It, it seems like we're caught in between two minds. You see Bryce Brown playing a lot of hero ball, dribbling between his legs a lot, and just chucking a shot sometimes. Uh, you see just the ball not moving as quickly or as fluidly as it was before. And even our turnovers aren't turning into baskets all the time. We used to push the ball very hard down the court, get a lot of fast break points. And just right now, it's kind of Sunday stroll Auburn most games. And it's just kind of hard to figure out what's going on with that. To your point about the lack of ball movement, especially beyond one or two passes here, Assist for Auburn, only nine in this game. For Vanderbilt, they had, uh, well, they only had eight themselves as well, which is probably why they, they struggled just as much as we did to score the basket in this. But only nine assists, and eight of those come from Jared Harper. That makes sense. He's your point guard. He's supposed to be distributing the ball, but only one other player gets an assist. That's Chimo Kigi. I think that's a great point there. Why Auburn may be seeing so much struggles the last two games here because they're not sharing the ball like they normally have. You you know, we've seen times there where they were making too many passes because they were so much in a rhythm together trying to get the best-looking shot or the best-looking alley-oop. And quite frankly, when we saw Jared Harper throw it up to Anthony McLemore for that nice little dunk, that made my heart so happy because that is what we saw at the beginning of the season that was so much fun as Jared just drive to the lane and just toss it up. And you're like, is that a shot? And no, all of a sudden here comes someone and just throws it down tonight. Quite frankly, I felt like there was a lack of energy from Auburn to start the game. Yeah, I, I agree. We're and back to your point about like just tossing it up and having fun. Like it doesn't look like one they're having fun lately, but it also, it, it just, there's something like we're not playing above the rim like we were. Uh, we're not the tallest team by any stretch of the imagination, but by golly, we got some athletes on that team, and we were playing high-flying, tightrope basketball to start the season, and which is a fun brand, and some some nights you're going to lose, but now it just seems we're, we're very self-contained, very self, self-focused, 
like you, like we mentioned, not moving the ball around. Uh, I I want to see Auburn flying around the court, uh, just doing crazy things again because that was the Auburn that was fun and winning, and they look like they were having fun. We were playing great basketball when we were just kind of loose, uh, but not too loose to start the season. Yeah, I mean, there is always something that you've got to just kind of be careful with how loose you play with the ball because that can work to a disadvantage as well. And Auburn seemed to begin the season maintain that, whereas that's been their detriment at times as we've moved on further and further into SEC play here overall. Let's look at some of these like individual stats. And who do you think personally had the best game tonight for Auburn? I mean, I think Jared Harper did. Uh, Jared Harper had a good mentality about him about slowing the game down when he needed to he was picking out the right pass he was moving the ball well he was attacking the lane when he could so I think he had the best game but I, I think even though he had the best game I think there were a lot more disappointing games than, than just okay games uh, for the team tonight no, I would agree with that. I think this is very hard outside of Jared to make a case for somebody else. I'll submit one to you, Chimo Kiki. Yeah, it wasn't one of his better games than we've seen in the stretch for him. But again, he's re- maintaining some consistency here. He has 13 points on the night, six total rebounds. I mean, outside of Austin's size, he is the big man presence down there. And he's not even truly supposed to be that. He's supposed to be sort of a hybrid, if that makes sense there. But yes, I think Jared and Chuma are your two to look at in this game. Bryce got 14 points, but you've already mentioned it. Had a little bit of selfish play in this game. Kind of out there, not showboating, but just doing a little bit too much dribbling to himself and then popping up a three. He is best when he has dished the ball from Harper or somebody else and then takes that three-point shot. That is when Bryce takes that down. And to your point about more struggles to talk about than good things to talk about individually for Auburn, I would agree with that. Samir Doughty gets zero points in that. Where has he been the last couple of games? I, I, I've been actually very disappointed with him over this stretch. I mean, he's had, he had zero shots tonight too, which is wild to think about, of how you can play in a game, be a starter, play good minutes. I mean, Bruce ended up sitting him down for long stretches just because he wasn't in it tonight. And, I mean, he was he was one that was stuff in the stat sheet to start the season so I don't know what's going on with that I know the game's not passing him by I know he transferred from VCU but he has seemed very adept to the situation it's not that he's coming to a level he can't handle so I don't know what's going on with that that's why I keep pointing back to mentality there's something that's going on and I don't know what it is I don't know if someone's mad about playing time now that the the minutes are being spread out way around and there's just kind of some stuff going on behind the scenes or what's going on, but it's got to get fixed because we're running out of time. February is coming to an end very soon. And with February coming to end, that means that we're kicking off postseason play. Well, when you see one player start struggling, you see another usually take advantage. Malik did that tonight. He got 13 points and he got 30 minutes of playtime of over Samir Dowdy, who started only got 16 there. And there's been that debate Was Malik the one who deserved that starting position at the beginning of the year? You know, I think Samir, even outside of not scoring much lately here, he does bring a good defensive presence to the team, which is what he adds to that starting lineup. And I think that's ultimately why he's there. But you can't take away that Malik takes advantage of these opportunities and yeah, I think he had a couple of dumb plays where he, you know, I think turned the ball over or traveled a couple of times uh, in a row there. But then he comes back and throws down beautiful dunks. Or how about that coast to coast just d- going over there and blocking that dunk or potential dunk by the uh, Vanderbilt player there? The entire gym erupted when he did that. Yeah, I, 
I personally am for Malik moving into the starting role because I think he brings a toughness and a just a fire. Uh, like I, I've never seen Malik Dunbar look like he's taking a game off. He he genuinely loves being out there. It seems to always be having fun, but he plays hard. He, he's going to foul. It, it just seems to be part of his nature. He loves to to put his hands all over guys, but. Uh, I, I would have him out there because I think if you start with his fire, I think that's actually going to carry over to the rest of the team. And if he's getting out there making good hustle plays and things like that, I think it's going to carry a, a lot. And Malik was good tonight. Uh, there's some times that you kind of shake your head, but I, I, with Bruce Pearl teams, there's always times where you're like, <laughs> why did you take that shot? What's going on? It's just a different brand of basketball. Um, so I, I agree. Like, Dowdy is wonderful, but I think Malik would kind of jumpstart some of the the offense that we're lacking right now. Well, and he does have a little bit more size, and while we're still trying to get Austin Wiley back on his feet, so to speak, um, he could provide that at least a little muscle down there to hopefully get a few more rebounds or at least fight for it a little bit more with his, with his fire and tenacity and things like that. So, But um, I, I do think there's a case there should he be starting right now, but can't take away Samir's defense. And speaking of defense, I think you're of the opinion – which I think is counter to what a lot of people are thinking of right now. With Auburn struggling on offense, their defense has at least stepped up. It's just not helped that their offense can't keep up with it. You kind of think there's the switching we're doing right now is kind of to the detriment of Auburn. Yeah, I, I do. I, I'm not a fan of the defense we're playing because it's we're, we're I know we turned Vandy over a lot today, but for the most part, we actually have not turned teams over in the way we were to start the season. And that's what's, that's what's fuel, fueled Auburn's offense to start the season. And we're not getting that same amount of turnover ratio. And so I think there needs to be some changes. Uh, we, we're we switching a lot on players. And it's not the fact that we're getting mismatches and someone's backing down Jared Harper in the post or something like that. That's not what's going on. It's the fact that a lot of our players, especially from the big man aspect, are being drug out of position and are unable to come in there and rebound. And so... Uh, Auburn takes a long time to secure a rebound most of the time, and that's hindering us and pushing up the court. We're not pe- playing the pace that, that these Bruce Pearl teams have been playing these past couple of years. So I I don't know what you do with that. You, you can't really just all of a sudden scrap your whole defensive model, but I think we maybe need to make smarter switches and fight through screens a little bit more rather than Bryce and Jared always switching or Samir and Chuma always switching or something like that. Uh, just fight through the screen sometimes and get over and just try and get in front of your guy. And we're also helping a little bit too much. There's a couple of times that Horace stepped into play a help defensive role and got his guy got dumped down on. And it was just an easy layup. I love help defense and everything, but also if we're going to play man to man, you're responsible for your guy to an extent. You can't just walk away every time. Do you think the size overall of the Auburn lineup is what is not working well with this type of defense? Cause you already mentioned that they get pushed off of screens or they're not able to fight through as much. Do you think not that they're not fit and, and not in shape and things like that, but do you think that's what's making them not be able to function as well as they could in this defense? I, not really. I, I just think that they know that they can, they're can. they allowed to switch in the defense. And so it's easier rather than fighting through the screen or trying to get over back in front of your guy if you get nudged off the, the defender or the offensive player to just go ahead and call your guy out to swap. And I don't think that needs to happen every time because then you're constantly rotating players. And if, if you got a team that's going to move the ball well, there's eventually going to be an open guy because you swap so much you don't remember who you're playing in right. the beginning. No, I agree so, with that. 
and so you just get to the point where you're you get a little lost and there's going to be teams that are better and more patient they're able to just throw you straight off the the rocker um and so i i just think you don't switch as much i think you kind of settle that down a little bit and you got to trust one another a lot of that a lot of the defense issues that i see right now especially down low points in the paint are coming with our big guys not trusting their guy is going to stay in front and so they're dumping down and using help defense and they're just getting a wraparound layup. Well, I think a lot of what we've mentioned here tonight, the offensive struggles and then some things that maybe don't work as well on defense, they all come down to team chemistry. And not to say that this team doesn't love each other and they they don't play well normally together. There's just been a lot of roster changes, not so much starting lineup changes over the season because it's remained the same after uh, Wiley's injury this year. But I think it's just a lot of chemistry things that are starting to kind of finally get worked out. And hopefully we've worked those kinks out leading into postseason play here. And this last thing I want to mention on the game tonight, and you know, we, we try real hard on the network to be as positive folk as we can. And I got to take my hat off to the Auburn fans that showed up to not only the worst possible gymnasium ever built in mankind uh, today, but you guys were loud and proud. We could hear you on TV you drowned out the Vanderbilt fans at times. So my hat's off to you for, you could have not shown up. No one would have blamed you for a struggling Auburn team against the worst SEC team in uh, basketball right now. I wouldn't have blamed you for not showing up. My hat's off to everyone there who took the time out to come support their Tigers. And, you know, Drew, it just warms my heart when I can ever, I hear, it's great to be an Auburn Tiger chanted throughout the stadium. Yeah, especially on the road. Uh, That's always fun. And I, I agree. Like you could hear them the whole time. It was it was a good home away from home atmosphere for Auburn. Uh, I know the arena wasn't full because most of the Vandy fans weren't coming out, but it, that helps the team. And especially in these moments where they're on a skid, just knowing that there is support is is very good for them. And so I agree. Hats off to those Auburn fans that were able to travel today. Well, let's be honest. Those uh, Vandy fans were probably too busy studying to be doctors or to be all our employers someday. So. <laughs> They kind of get the win there, uh, no matter what, even if they don't win the basketball game. Uh, But we'll pack this one up and move on to our next game, which is going to be at home in Auburn Arena. We'll be taking on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Not another good team for the SEC either here, but they'll be coming to Auburn Arena on the 20th this Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can watch the game on the SEC Network. Now, Arkansas comes in with a 14-10 record, 5-6 in the SEC. Now, I will say this. I think the middle to lower middle of the SEC is not as bad as Vanderbilt. I think there's some room there where they've kind of shown some fire. I just don't see a lot to be afraid of with this Arkansas team, uh, and I don't know how you feel about them. Uh, I'm a little afraid of Arkansas. I don't know why. They just they give, they give people games. and I, Even this year, they've had some really bad losses, but they – they genuinely give people games. And so Auburn's not in a place where uh, they've been wanting a fight brought to them. And my hope for this game is that Arkansas does bring a fight to them and makes Auburn kind of get up off the mat and play. And they're a bad defensive team. So I'm hoping Auburn can just really go off in this game and really run away with it. And if I was Bruce, I'd keep those starters in the whole time. I love seeing the bench play, but I think at this point in time, they need to put a complete game together and put a stamp on it at the end. 
you know, I can feel Clint Richardson right now just screaming, yes, yes, because you said exactly what he wants is a complete game from our Tigers. And I do agree there. This might be a game where you, they really need to iron some things out with who is going to be the starters going forward and who gives us the best opportunity to start off on a good note. Because I think that's part of the struggle for Auburn the last couple of days. They've not started off well. I think if they get off to that start, get a small lead, they're able to kind of just chip away with the style that they play. And you talk about giving up a lot of points. Look at Arkansas here. I'm just going to go through some of their games throughout the year. They gave up 81, 73, 90, 121, 98. Uh, I think there was another 106 to Tennessee, uh, 84, 90. They are giving up a ton of points to opponents. Their uh, team stats, the points uh, per game allowed, 73. If Auburn gets to that, I think they win. Now, if you take the last two games, we probably don't feel too good about that. But we're at home after a win. The arena is going to be loud, pumped up. You got to think that Auburn comes out shooting a lot better than they had the last two games. Yeah, you hope so. And I hope Bruce is really pounded into them right now that their theme for the season, unfinished business. Uh, They're leaving a lot of business out there on the table right now. Uh, but the SEC tournament can change a lot of things, so they need to get that momentum going into that that point of the schedule. Yeah, and they're solidly in the NCAA tournament right now, but if they don't, as you said, handle business the rest of the way here, they could find themselves in that question mark area of first four in, last four out, however you want to ask the question there. And this also gives Auburn an opportunity here to re-solidify themselves up into the upper middle of the SEC. I think it's obvious. Tennessee... LSU and Kentucky have established themselves as the best of the SEC right now. Then you've got this group of Ole Miss and South Carolina. Auburn deserves to be in that group. This is a first opportunity for them to solidify themselves there and hopefully stay there and maybe even, I think it's outside chance here, but to work their way into that conversation with the Kentuckys, LSUs again. We'll see what happens. Make sure you watch the game this Wednesday night and come to Auburn Arena and support these Tigers if you have not. Before we get out of here, let's give our contact information where they can find us. If they want to chat about basketball or anything else Auburn-related, they can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter as well at Drew underscore Hoop, H-O-O-P-0-2. And thank you so much, Drew, for joining us here on Inside the Jungle. Make sure you guys check out the Auburn Soccer Podcast stoppage time on the network whenever they come out with some new episodes. Thank you so much to listen to us. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?